The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you the fans a voice. So welcome. Happy Wednesday. We yes, appreciate sir. everybody who has endured coming back to uh, three days in a row of this nonsense. But <laughs> the good thing is there's actually stuff to talk about again today. So as slow no. as the sport. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Coronavirus, right? No, no. Real. Uh, well, not that that's not real. Oh, boy, that would have been a big uh, my, misspeak my right there. Yeah, I know, right? My county's <laughs> down in lockdown now. Is it? Did we mention yesterday you and I are both essential workers? You got your card, you said, right? Yeah, I got the paperwork today. You got the paperwork, yeah, okay. So, um, so anyway, um, um, yeah, we got we got legitimate things to talk about, not just filler stuff. Try to try to talk about the coronavirus the least amount as possible, I think. But obviously, yeah. we're gonna have Tyler on in um, the next segment after the news, and obviously. We'll uh, see how he's faring there in Texas. I think they just kind of restricted things just a couple days ago. So um, we will we will talk with him. And uh, I don't really have an agenda for Tyler, but we're just going to kind of wing it. And it's kind of what we've been doing anyway. So I figure, why the hell not just keep doing it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Let's go. <laughs> so uh, before we get into all of that stuff, you know, they are letting uh, criminals out of jail, like just straight out of jail because of this coronavirus thing. Now they say hmm. nonviolent, nonviolent, right? Well, um, what does that mean for you and me? I don't know yet, but I'll tell you what. Um, there's something you can do. It's a company called Sim- Simply Safe. Now, with home security, uh, there's two ways you can go about uh, protecting your home. There's the traditional way where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation and that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way. That's the Simply Safe way. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award winning protection. Two time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching the home. Entry, motion, and glass brake sensors, the best in the business. All of those guard the inside. You barely notice it's there, but what's best about Simply Safe is you install it yourself. There's no one in your house doing it, and anyone can do it, just about. It takes up to maybe an hour tops, usually around 30, 45 minutes, and there's um, absolutely no trade-offs for your safety. So you'll have an army of highly trained experts ready to be dispatched to your home at a moment's... Actually, the security experts are not going to be dispatched to your home. What is dispatched to your home is the... Uh, the, the police. The police. They do that, though. So, they're important. 
and they'll dispatch the police to your home as moments known as 24-7, and it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. That's the best part. That's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. Go to simplysafe.com slash team today. That's S-I-M-P-L-I safe.com slash team today. And you'll get free shipping and a 60-day free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now. Be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. Thank you. Simply Safe. Okay. Well, um, so there was, there's one off the radar and one on the radar as far as any kind of Syracuse basketball prospects go in the transfer yeah. portal. So there was, um, Let's see, Columbia grad transfer, six foot ten, two hundred and twenty pound forward, uh, Patrick Tape, who I think uh, it's Tape, but Tape, whatever. Tape, I speak American. So okay, <laughs> uh, not even Tape, not even a language. Tape, 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 whatever. It's spelled T A P E. I didn't see an accent it's... above it. Otherwise, right. I'd have questioned it. Um, anyway, he chose Duke. Um, so he's average, averaging yeah, 11, 11.3 points a game. Yeah, do come in late, swept him up. Uh, 11.3 points a game, 5.9 rebounds a game. But um, let's see, there was something in inside the Loud House that was. Um, well, who's the guy that's not? Oh well, who the what the guy what the guy that's available? Yeah, Joshua Morgan, six nine, two hundred twenty nine pound forward. And he's a prospect of Syracuse. There was a tweet. Uh, I saw this at Inside the Loud House, and it, and it referenced this tweet by at Jake Weingard10. Long Beach State transfer Joshua Morgan has heard from UCLA, USC, Arizona, Arizona State, San Diego State University, St. Mary's, USF, Arkansas, Oregon State, Washington State, Oregon, Syracuse, and Texas. Wow. Um, he ever, yeah. Well, I'm just throwing it out there because it's news. But he averaged uh, 8.6 rebounds with the 49ers. Eight points and six rebounds with the 49ers. So um, the only difference between this guy and, and, and uh, Patrick Tepe uh, was that he was a graduate senior. This guy would have to sit out a year, normal transfer, for two years eligibility, I believe. So he would have to sit out next year. So getting this forward wouldn't help for this next year anyway. Um, and it would be just for the, the future and, and after, um, you know, Dolzhai's gone, Sadibi's gone. Uh, but again, after this next incoming recruiting class, then you're talking about D.R. Johnson's class. And, and we've talked about how he's got some, some bigger recruits he's trying to get here. So um, if all those big names are going after this guy, though, and it's just, you know, I mean, we have the, the roster space, and we know that uh, he could help us in the future. I mean, getting this guy, letting him sit out and uh, get adjusted to, to Syracuse and then come in when when needed two years from now uh, might not be a bad little thing to do. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll keep an eye on it. I guess. What is there yeah. a deadline? Is there a, a deadline for for transfers? Do you know what it is? I'm sure there's a deadline. When is it? Um. I don't know the exact date, so I'm not even going to speculate. Okay. But they have some time. Um, Matthew Moyer was, um, he transferred to Vanderbilt. What was it? It was the year before last year, right? Right. 
and now he's transferring again to George Washington. So, um, just for you know, yeah, he didn't get a whole lot of playing time at Vanderbilt. I mean, um, he didn't get a whole lot of time playing at Syracuse either. It was kind of limited. He had one really good game against UConn, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those, one of those, was it a tournament game or was it one of the Big East Challenge? Was it something like that? Was something along those lines, right? I just think it was just a, uh, a preseason game played at Madison oh, Square Garden, it? I believe. Really? Or not a, not preseason, uh, non-conference. Sorry, my bad. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, it was definitely a season game. But anyway, um, there was an article in uh, Inside the Loud House again talking about how B.J. Johnson was really, you know, his success as a transfer was kind of an anomaly. And, um, you know, basically saying yeah. that what you see is what you get. And guys, most of the time, they transfer for a reason. If they're not getting playing time, there's a reason for that. Well, yeah. And, and again, I think that's that was more of a kind of calm, calm down and, and kind of take it easy about – you know, the transfers and who we're losing and everything. I mean, I understand losing three like that uh, doesn't look good. And obviously, Kerry was a high recruit. Gadine looked like he had some promise. But um, if you go by the, you know, you go by the scoreboard of the transfers that um, have left versus the transfers that have come in, um, again, more times than not, the transfers that left have shown you know, why, you know, you go all the way back to shoot. I mean, I remember uh, a boat, Oboko, Deshante Riley, Ron Patterson, yeah. you know, Deshante Riley. Yeah. So down to the Matthew Moyers. I mean, it's just, yeah. Who else? Caleb Joseph was another one, right? So, um, transfers happen, but none of those guys really blew up. Now, BJ Johnson, he Torian transferred list. B.J. Johnson transferred to LaSalle and had a great two years. He had averaged 17 points and then 20 points as a junior and senior, respectively. And he actually, um, I want to say he got drafted in the NBA draft in the second round. But um, he's been in and out from D-League to NBA. And, um, yeah. But if you compare that to transfers we've brought in, like a John Gillen and Andrew White, right? Michael Benajay, Elijah Hughes, uh yeah, that's you pretty know. actually. It's a pretty good point. There's been some pretty successful, even though the year with White and Gillen wasn't exactly what we wanted as Syracuse fans. They gave us some very magical moments. No, oh, yeah, hundred percent. Seriously, I won't forget. I won't forget that that season. You know, and, oh, and yeah. now ended up losing what we had an NIT loss first round to yep. Ole Miss or something like that. So, yep. um. You're not going to remember that season for for that. You're going to remember. I'm never, never going to forget the. John Gillen beating Duke. John, John Gillen beating Duke, but I was also in one. I was in PNC Arena down here in NC State when John Gillen scored 40. points. Was it 40 or 43? 40, 40-something 40 points, and we ended up coming back and beating NC State. That was a pretty awesome game, too. He, so. was, he was awesome. He really yeah. was. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's basically just to kind of calm down the uh, – the fans out there that want to call for the you know Jim Beheim to go and look at what the state of the program. I mean, there's always been transfers. Um, and usually we actually have more transfers that leave that actually come in. So um, it's happened. It's happened all the way back from Mike Jones. You never heard of him again. So yeah, there's probably a hundred you can go over from back in the day. It's so hard to remember all these back, you know, Oh God. Yeah. 
So, anyway. Yeah. Louis um, McCroskey, Tony Bland. I mean, all right, what else? What else we got? What else we got? We got Kai Milner. Do you want to save that for um... Kai Milner? Yeah, I did see that today. I actually read that. That was um, with two four seven Sports, correct? Yep. You want to save it for Tyler? Yeah, we can save the football stuff for Tyler. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Okay. Well, we'll have to have something to talk to him about, right? So, all right, well, we will talk about that. We'll discuss that with Tyler, and we will bring Tyler on here in just a minute. But first, let me tell you about LinkedIn. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find the next person to help you grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire. People with skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person on LinkedIn is hired every eight seconds. And why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team and get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. All right, join us now, former Syracuse defensive end and in limbo podcaster, maybe? Tyler Morona. Tyler, what's up, buddy? I think the in limbo part can kind of go, unfortunately. Which oh, is, really? Um, we're, yeah. we're, we're holding hope. I, <laughs> well, I got a new job, man. I'm, I've got something to do well, that I, directly ties in with football. I know what you're doing, but it's been a while since you've been on the show. And um, uh, so, you know, we, we talk now and then. We text and stuff back and forth. We had a, a, a little group text going for a while. So just uh, <laughs> where we BS on and razz each other. But what uh, <laughs> what have you been up to, brother? So uh, a lot actually has been kind of transpiring since I ended my show. Um, that was the trademark podcast. But um when that thing went to bed, that was good because I had something to do. And um, shortly thereafter, I went to go work for Houston Baptist University football. Uh, I spent the spring or at least the spring semester working with them as a defensive analyst, helping them out in spring ball. We got through most of our practices before the virus came through and ended the last week. So we really only missed three weeks. I mean, three practices, which is one week of practice on the field. And um, so I got in a bunch of practices working with the defense. Um, coach Sheely, uh, Coach Vic Sheely is the head coach over there. I wanted to thank him for uh, giving me that opportunity to go work with them. And Coach Mills is the defensive coordinator over there. And again, I was working with him directly, um, basically as his assistant, breaking down tape and helping him out with his job, making sure that everything that he does was um, a lot easier for him as a result of me being there. And, um, but since that time of being there in basically 
January through a couple weeks ago. Um, I got a full-time offer to be a high school coach at St. Thomas High School here in Houston, Texas. And um, so I'll be doing that. And I'll actually be doing uh, something I've been wanting to do since I was a kid, which is uh, coach offense. And I'm really looking forward to contributing in the uh, the run and pass game of our offense at St. Thomas High School. So really? I can't be more fired up for, uh, yeah, for, you know, for, for what I'm going to do. Um, I play defense. I love defense, but for me, it's like, I can't coach defense. I don't know what it is. Like I played it. I'm, I'm all out, but I see things through a defensive lens. So I think if I can, uh, coach offense and see things through defense and hopefully I can, you know, use my talents to, um, you know, from what I see, as far as a defender, you know, kind of neutralize that on the offense. Sure. How to read read defense. And that's obviously a huge asset to an offense. So it's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Congratulations. So thanks, man. I mean, yeah, it's something you, you to build know, off of, right? I, I mean, make, yeah. What was that? Something to something to build off of. You're in the, you're on solid ground. You got you got a good you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. So no, can I ask you a question? So uh, no. yeah, yeah. Go since, ahead. How long has it been since you've been named the head coach there, or, or you took that job? So uh, definitely not head coach. I would say I'm closer to an offensive coordinator. Oh, okay. Um, okay. At St. Thomas, there is a head coach. His name is Coach Rich McGuire. Um, he went to bat for me multiple times because the thing about high school is that. Um, so, and to be honest, I think I got my offer letter there. My original start date was today. Um, so I was supposed to start today, but with the virus that got pushed back until the 13th of April, Texas has been a little bit more lenient on what's been going on with the virus. So, um, and especially at a, you know, private Catholic school, um, everybody's going to be quarantined and all that stuff. So I think we will be able to come back and contribute, um, in spring ball and whatnot. But, um, it's been about not even, I wouldn't even say two weeks since I got this job. So really between the time that folks last heard from me i was at uh houston baptist all the way until basically a week ago and when that full-time job just came out of nowhere and the thing about high school is that um you can't make a living wage just being a high school football coach um i think i'm gonna get a couple thousand to be the coach you know a coach at uh, st thomas in high school you only get paid to be the head man and uh, there's going to be a couple years before I become a head coach there. So um, I really want to thank the administration for bringing me on as another administrator, um, you know, to be to have a day job and to make money and all that stuff and support my family. Right. So um, that's that's kind of the other piece of the pie that's been really awesome for me because um, I've been trying for about two years now to get a job like that. And Coach McGuire, the head coach at St. Thomas, went to bat for me and said that, um, you know, hey, this kid is really talented. He can, you know, he can do it and all that stuff. So uh, it's been really cool nice. that I I basically have uh, my dream job as a 25-year-old. Yeah, that's, no, awesome. that's awesome. Uh, that was kind of answered my question because I was going to ask you if you had been able to get to the school and possibly meet some of your players or see kind of – Definitely. Yeah. You know, what was coming in and everything like that, but with everything with the COVID-19 and everything and and obviously the other part was going to ask about how that is affecting your day-to-day life down there. I don't know too much about Texas. Me and me and uh, Sean, we're both, you know, border states with Virginia, North Carolina. And uh, we're both in a situation where it's like only essential travel and we both have the whole essential job. So we still got to go to work and all that, but it's definitely, you know, changing the everyday and i just didn't know if it was the same thing down there in houston it's it's been interesting man it's 
Houston's been more, or Texas has been more of like a day-to-day type of situation as opposed to like a week-to-week thing. Um, I'm trying to think of how else like I can describe it. But um, the benefit for me was that while I was at Houston Baptist, they were recruiting St. Thomas players. So I watched all of the St. Thomas film being a Houston Baptist coach. So I know all the guys that we have on our roster because we were trying to offer all of them. And uh, so Houston Baptist is a FCS level school or a one double a level school. So they had to kind of be really smart about how they, you know, send their offers out. But um, all the guys have limited offers, correct? Yeah. Yeah, Way, way limited. Yeah. So like Syracuse are a division one school has 85. Houston Baptist has 63. It's like a whole, a whole class. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Right. What a, a, a 1A school would have. But um, so St. Thomas, I was really lucky because I also got to go to campus one day as an HBU coach and, and go meet all the guys that way. And then we also had junior day at HBU while I was there, which is where we invite all the, the kids that are kind of coming up through the ranks and get them on campus and see all of them. And I got to meet our quarterback, which is um, – a six six kind of Justin Herbert light type of guy. Um, I think that he can be Colt McCoy if he got the confidence within him to to be that a six six version of that. Um, and so I'm really excited about what I got. I mean, I got a tight nice. end that's going to be a Division one guy, two receivers that are going to be Division one guys, and a Division one quarterback. So I mean, you tell me what I can do with that. I mean, I think it's going to yeah. be uh, the sky's the limit, especially here in Texas. Oh yeah, um, I think that. Um, we play the state. I think we play the reigning state champ week two. So we'll get a good look at what we're going to be. And then hopefully, you know, depending on how that goes, uh, we'll get a good idea of what it's going to be like, you know, here on out. And I definitely see myself feeding at least one kid a year to uh, Syracuse. So there you that's go. Kinda, <laughs> that would be nice. That'd be nice. nice. I mean, that's my goal. I mean, that's my goal. I've well, seen that the town. Does, does this high school. I mean, obviously, you being with Houston Baptist, you've seen other talent around the areas and stuff like that. Um, and but as far as the St. Thomas School, because obviously we don't know too much about that, um, are they like one of those prolific kind of throw Division One guys out there every year, or are they on the up and up? Uh, I mean, what division do they play in? So, you know what I mean? Because in Texas, they're like, I mean, they have so many levels of football up there; it's ridiculous. They do, and that's kind of the problem is that there's really – well, even in California too, that's kind of the problem yeah. is that it gets muddied so quick with how much is going on. So um, in Texas, there's six through 1A, and then those uh, rankings have uh, – like so like 6A has 6A1, 6A2. So even mm. within 6A to 5A, there's four divisions within those two words. No, oh, wow. So, um <laughs> And then private school plays their own uh, division their own as well. leagues, right? And they yeah. have TAPS. Um, and TAPS is like Texas Association of Private Schools. So, right, um, right. but so we're TAPS one, which is like the D one of private schools, and we play at about the five A two level, which is essentially like um, I don't know, eighty five percent of the top talent of Texas, if that okay. would be yeah. preferable. So, 
Um, so Kyler Murray played at Allen High School, which is like the the best school in Texas. And if that's the cream of the crop, then we're about eighty to eighty five percent of that talent level. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we send out somebody D one every year. Um, so not this past year, but the year before, we sent the quarterback to my the University of Miami. So that that's a big recruit. Oh yeah. Um, and last year we sent a lineman to Louisville and a middle linebacker to Columbia. So, I mean, we okay. have guys, but we're not like, you know, um, Katie high school, which had Andy Dalton and had, uh, you know, you know, yeah. everybody on the team plays D one. If you can start on that team, you're D- it, we're not that, yeah. but we're close. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the, we, we play at about 80 to 70, 75, maybe I guess to 85% of that level we play at, because we do have guys transferring in from those schools that want to go get a better education, right. set themselves better. So we're kind of and the big thing for me is that I look for the character of the guys. I know that sounds kind of, you know, cheesy or whatever, but, um, you know, I'm really looking to go make an impact on the young men's lives and make sure that they know that, um, you know, whatever mistakes I made or whatever they need help with that I'm there for them to go help them, not just on the field because mainly I want to win, but that, um, you know, if they need anything and they need help making college decisions or if they need help getting recruited that, um, I'll be, I'll be there for them too. So that's yeah. that's really what I want to make sure of, and nice. I think that there's a couple fringe guys that we have that I can coach up better than maybe the next guy can, just because I was there at that level. Um, right. And then you know, instead of being a five Division One uh, scholarship player team, we can be a seven, and then seven turns into ten, and then ten right. turns into you know, and then that's kind of well, the, you start you start picking team. up the pace, and then you want got some guys that want to transfer in, you know, you start getting that exactly. that traction, right? So yeah, yeah. well, hey man. Good luck and Thanks, feed, the orange, feed the orange, feed the orange some recruits, man, if you can. I, I do, I do, I do see a couple guys that we have right now that could potentially be really good fits. I mean, our tight end is really like Aaron Hackett. I mean, kind of like a a, a wild um, overlap. I mean, really crazy. So <laughs> nice. Um, speaking of talent and everything, uh, we do have a a twenty twenty one recruit. Another one. This be the I mean, we already have one 2021 20, recruit, but we're looking at Kai Milner. He's the 24 best pro style quarterback in the class of 2021, according to 247 Sports. He's got offers from Arizona, Arizona State, Boise State, California, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa State, Michigan State, Washington State, um, and also Syracuse, as well as others. Uh, how big is this guy? I can't find it. Anyone? 6'2", 180. That's the size. 6'2", 180. So um, I, we just mentioned this to Tyler quickly. And um, once he once he racked his brain with it, he remembered hearing this kid's name before. So we were going to... I do, t- <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. We were going to talk about it before you got on, just as like part of the news, you know, before we got into um, talking about our movie bracket, this glorious movie bracket we got, that I know Tyler has been playing <laughs> very close attention to. So, uh, I doubt what, it. <laughs> I've voted on every single one that you've put out there. Did so, you, you really? Because okay. I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Every single one that you put out there, <laughs> I've been in. You're the man, Tyler. You make me feel so good. Uh, so, I, love you. <laughs> I just appreciate you not uh, banging on my seatings. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody there's, else. There's a, couple, there's a couple in there that we're, I was like, we're going well, uh, uh, to talk uh, about uh, it. We're going to talk about it. But first, uh, interesting story about Kai Milner, Tyler. 
Yeah, so um, what we kind of hashed out before we went on air was that he has a high school coach that played for the now director of uh, player development, which is, um, help me out, Joe, Roy Roy Whitkey. Yeah, I think it's Whitkey. Um, And so Coach Babers, what he wants to do is he kind of wants to to do what Texas does – um, in a modern way, which is where, like, when a new coach comes into being the Longhorns, UT, Texas football's coaches say, okay, we're putting a wall around Texas, and everybody that we want in the state, we get. That's kind of what every coach is going to want to say. We want to dominate, you know, our home turf and all that stuff. Coach Baber has thought about it in the inverse way, which is who has the connection to us and who can help us, even if they don't if they're not here in New York, if they're not there in California, let's say they're in the Virgin Islands and they got a guy, you know, who cares? As long as they have someone that they can give to us, we want to stay in contact with that person. So Kai Milner has a coach that played for Roy Whitkey back in the day when they were at Eastern Illinois. And so coach Babers has a spreadsheet of every coach in high school that has a connection to coach Babers to Syracuse university or to the coaching staff. And so when they see a guy that pops up that they like, they scan the database and say, hey, do we know somebody at that school? Because if so, they're going to be loyal to us. And so that what we can do when we see a guy that we really like and the difference comes down to, is it going to be the hometown school or the school that has you know a connection to? Hopefully that will be in that running because it's definitely hard when you got a guy in Gilbert, Arizona that really likes U of A <laughs> because it's really close and you know what's going on. And I get it, being a West Coast recruit that went out east. Listen, if USC offered me and it came down between USC and Syracuse, Syracuse was not getting the love. But Syracuse did all that they could before it got to SC giving that offer and then said, we've done everything on our part, so you should choose us based on the fact that we have all the connections that you need that's just like USC. And here's the reasons why that you you shouldn't let it get to a USC offer and that you should choose us. And I think that's what Coach Babers is trying to do you know, here or not, is make sure that he has guys that are in his corner, that when something does come up in a national school that should be like Syracuse has the opportunity to go get a guy in Gilbert, Arizona, but they can't. No, and that's that, that's that football f- La Familia culture that can trickle down, right? Trickle down through the coaching trees. And they can, I mean, if it's, if it's real, and like you said, as far as character and as far as, you know, you know very well that there's a lot of kids that go to certain colleges that don't get that. That culture is not there. The family, you know, it's down to business, wins, football, and, and every, every coach runs it a different way. School runs it a different way. But uh, the one good thing um, when reading the 247 Sports um, article, um, that they had on the Syracuse page about Kai Milner was that I guess they used to live in North Carolina. You got a bunch of family that's on his mother's side, I believe, that lives in Ohio. So he's he's pretty much came out and stated that that moving and travel and distance isn't isn't a huge, huge thing for him, which is a a positive for us for sure. Right. And that's the thing is that like when you have somebody in your corner that like knows that little tidbit that is huge for you, right? Like if you don't have to pay for information or you don't have to pry that out of a recruit, it goes a long way. And then like all of a sudden you just have that information to like kind of go back and forth with, with the recruit and just being like, Hey, you know, is it a big deal for you to move? No. Oh yeah. And that's right. Because your dad, you know, did all this stuff and, or whatever the fact is. And then like all of a sudden now you give yourself like a legit shot at landing a good national recruit. 
You know, because there's more than just like, hey, we're good, so you should play here. Like, there's more to that in college, obviously. I mean, so, are, you, yeah. are you sick of beautiful weather? Come join us in upstate New York. <laughs> <laughs> are you well, sick of the sun? I will say in Arizona the- <laughs> is not beautiful. Arizona is some weird type of, like, Western, like, whatever you see, like, in a Western movie, that's what Arizona is like. It's, like, red. Like, it looks red outside most of the Just hot haze, bro. I mean, I know, I know. My, um, my, my I have dad, a cousin that lives there. My dad spent a lot of time in Phoenix, yeah. My dad spent, like, I think most of his life in, well, now most of his life in California, but he went to high school in Phoenix. And I have, uh, a, I have a cousin so, in Yuma. What's Yuma like? Not great, man. I'll tell you. It's not, it's not the best. <laughs> really? I mean, uh, I don't know. The, the, I mean, I'm just saying, like, but between Orange County, California, and Yuma, Arizona, I think I know which way I'm leaning. Okay, <laughs> I got you. Fair enough. I have. Hey, I've been I, to parts of California that look awfully close to Arizona. <laughs> I, once you get like an hour east of LA, it's it's basically Arizona from that point until you get to yeah. like here. That's the only California I saw when I traveled to to California. What? Flew, what did it you was for work? It was for work. So Whoa. it was out in like Ridgecrest to Hatchapi, out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm that, sorry. Yep, very sorry. Well, dude, I work for an energy company, right? So, and we had some contracts with some. So, I mean, when I flew in, I flew into LAX. I'm like, oh, this is nice, and then <laughs> take yeah, the drive yeah. out That's to. In a, and then all of a sudden you're out in the mountains in the desert and you're like, okay. Furthest west I've this... been is Bristol, Tennessee. That's this is. <laughs> you know what the oh. problem is? You know what I always want to say to people? It's like, oh, you know, you should come visit Houston. And then I realized there's nothing to do here. Like, I would say, like, hey, you guys should really come visit. But there is, like, I would feel bad telling you guys to, like, oh, like, make a plan to come out here and visit me when, like, it's not that great. So <laughs> I can't, like, lead you to, like, a dry <laughs> river, essentially, you know. So I don't know. I was, I'm trying to figure out how to, like, entice people to come here without actually telling them the truth. I mean, we got bayous if you like swamp. <laughs> That's true. There um, are gators in Texas. All right. So, well, uh, what else? Did Anything you guys else? ever see that, A- like, any... that picture with the alligator with a knife in its head? No. Yeah, yeah that was from Texas. Was it? <laughs> I was, that was actually back the road. I actually know where that was. That messed, whoever, who, they missed the spot. Yeah, there's a exactly. there's a there's a spot on the alligator's head that's the kill shot. It's like the size of a quarter, and yeah, and you can do it with that. I mean, it's it's soft enough you can hit them with a twenty two. That's what they hunt them with. Yeah, yeah. Well, whoever used the knife missed. Missed. Okay. Yeah. I haven't. Uh, well, anyway, someone um, trying out for swamp people. Yeah. So, anyways, let's do the let's do the movie bracket stuff. Okay, we've wasted enough time. All right, Joe. What do you mean wasted enough time? We're, we're, we're having a conversation. I know. Sorry. I know. I was listening. I was enthralled. So, yeah. um, <laughs> no, I was. Seriously. Um, so we, we finished up the 90s region. I'm just going to go through these. You, get, you, you guys tell me who you picked. I mean, most of these are really easy to me, to be honest with you. So we'll Since see. Since half your 90s movies and, are trash. And we'll yes. see. And we'll ahead. see. Well, you know, look. So the honest truth about the 90s region was I was looking for what was popular and then I mixed in ones I liked. So there are some that are like 
not great. Like the sixth sense, it was a good movie, but it's forgettable to me, you know? So, you know, there's, that's why some of those are in there. So anyways, uh, one seed Forrest Gump against 16 seed Clueless. Tyler, who'd you, who'd you have there? This is not, this is an easy one. So real quick, before (laughs) we go any further, um, I have to tell you guys that I was born in the nineties. So there's a lot of these movies that are like pre my time, like pre my birth. You're 26, right? 25. Well, turning 26 this year. Okay. Um, But anyway, yeah. uh, In, in this, in this bracket, I have Forrest Gump and I have seen Forrest Gump and I don't care who's on the 16 side. Forrest definitely takes the cake in this regard. That's actually one of my favorite movies, not, not favorite movies, but that's a really good. But like, I have nothing bad to say. But like, it's it's like a um, empirically, nothing's wrong with that movie. There's very few movies that are like that. Yeah, yeah. and that's one I can sit down and if it's on, I'm like, I'm not turning the channel. Right. So. Right, yeah, it's one of those you have to watch. Yeah, and Clueless, watch. Clueless is only on there because your wife, Sean. I mean, we've noticed that, or we've said that before. So yeah, just so you know, <laughs> I mean, Clueless was not on there, and I forget who I removed for Clueless. But when my wife looked through the bracket, she said, um, "What do you mean Clueless isn't on here? This what kind of bracket is this? This is horrible." So I was like, "All right, fine." <sighs> I just appeased her with it, and I threw it against Forrest Gump, knowing it wouldn't last long. So- <laughs> yeah, well, and, he, and even <laughs> and even though I tried to. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The movie to die. I tried to inspire everybody to vote for Clueless at the end of last night's podcast. I voted for Forrest Gump. Okay, I voted for Forrest Gump. Obviously. All right. Before we continue, Tyler, I was just curious to know if um, you had any issues with the seedings, maybe on previous brackets that were put out the past couple of days or anything like that. Um, something you thought was maybe, you know, underwhelming or probably just an awful matchup. So I will say this, um, after looking at the sports region, that's kind of where your eye goes to first and foremost, because it's in the top left. Um, what a loaded bracket. I mean, I can't get over that. I mean, it is so loaded top to bottom. Um, I mean, to me again, mighty duck 16 seed. Oh my goodness. Like that is a severe underseating only because like that was like the first sports movie of my lifetime. So there's a little nostalgia play in there. Sure. Happy Gilmore being an 11. I, I know. Mean, come on. That's one of the greatest comedies of all time. Sure. Rocky four being a two. There's definitely an argument for one there. I mean, there's just a couple things that you could see, but what again, days of thunder let me not dissuade. Let me not dissuade the listeners from understanding what happens. Joe Lenardi time come bracket bracketology everybody always gets underseated whenever you think it's going to go your way it never does so i'm totally fine with that um but the biggest i guess kind of oversight misstep the one thing i have a problem with the one thing that hurts my soul anchorman being a 15 there's no mm. way mm. and dodgeball <laughs> being a 13 dodgeball is my number two movie of all time right behind what? shawshank redemption oh wow number two movie of all time yes Sean hasn't even seen it, so. No, I saw Shawshank. I didn't no, see I'm Schindler's List. Dodgeball, buddy. <laughs> so oh, oh, I gotta no. try to dodge the Here's question, there, buddy. No, I wasn't. I didn't know what you're talking about. Such. My rankings go as such. I always go a serious movie that's trying to get a point across. Number one, a comedy. Number two, another serious movie, another comedy movie. So it's basically like you have your serious movie category and your comedy movie category. Dodgeball is my number one comedy movie of all time. Hands what? down. No questions asked. What? Take that. Put it in your pocket. 
That's just the way it is. It's got all my favorite actors, my favorite plot line, and it's got a funny message. I don't know what you have against it. That's a 13 scene. And Anchorman, you know what? For as many people that think that Anchorman is kind of a drawn-out thing, it also has a message that's really a hard satire on what California news actually is. And I liked it. Uh, I, I love I love Anchorman, by the way. And you Joe put got, it as and, a 15th? No. Well, Joe did. Joe, this is the no, reason. Joe, zip it. I Joe, love to hear the argument for both. <laughs> Joe seated Joe the comedy region and the sports region, and I seated the 90s region and the action-adventure region, which there's problems with mine, too. But Joe seated Anchorman at a 15 is absurd. Fellowship of the Ring being a two seed versus Castaway as a fifteen is kind of wild too. Is it though? Is it though? Let's let's look. The two fifteens are probably the most off out of all the brackets. Look, so the the thing with the comedy was was I tried and we we talked about it because we learned a lot from these brackets. I tried to throw some older ones in there, some some spoofs, things like that. but uh, some spliffs. I definitely missed. I think that I missed. Yeah, I think that I missed a couple as far as I didn't have Dumb and Dumber in there. There's no Fridays. When I go back and look at it, I mean, even yeah. even Role Models is to me just one a very funny movie. But, um, See, but I don't think that you guys like. I don't think that you guys omitted that many like Wedding Crashers being in there, Christmas Vacation being the one seed. I think I'm okay with because that's like kind of like the all time classic that you hold up on there. Right. I think that the bracket is solid. In and of itself, I just think that based on differing of opinion, yeah, like from just from me to you, we're just in totally different stratospheres. Like, I think yeah. that if you put this with my age group, like, I think that the seeds are flipped just because of the oh, fact yeah. that, like, it's not that the bracket's wrong. I think that are like the, the contenders are wrong. I just think that the seeding is wrong just based right. off of like my generation's version of, you know, yeah. entertainment. And that's well, and there's different types of comedies now versus what they used to be, right? I mean, Spaceballs, Naked Gun, those type of movies, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I mean, those were like classics. And nowadays, you get the the younger generation that don't even really know what those are. They don't even um, they don't get them. The dry humor. They don't even get it. I'm the cutoff on those. Like, like I still like my class still thought they were funny. Even if you go to like the graduating class of 2013 from high school, they may not. Like, I think I was like the very last person that thought those movies were funny. Right. And then as far as the sports region went, I felt like, I mean, there's some, some people that'll look and say, Oh, you did, you took out Hoosiers and Rudy. What, what are you thinking? Like, I'm, yeah, I'm a that, huge, I'm, I'm a huge dude. I'm a huge football fan, but I never <laughs> liked, I never liked Rudy. I don't, I don't like name to be that much either. I, you know the two that I think that you're missing right now is uh, is Hoosiers and Coach Carter. I don't think I see Coach Carter. We talked in there. about no, Coach it's Carter. not in there. No, and we did talk about that. We did have a bunch of basketball ones. I didn't want to load them up with the same sports because you can also go to the he got. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom, a performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. 
The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Fail Better. David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Bite. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. But what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past. 
And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. A game isn't on there. Any given Sunday uh, isn't on there. Uh, so uh, these are good. These some, are good movies. Yeah, they are. And, and, sports, and that's what I said. Sports is loaded. I mean, sports is really like the toughest one because I mean, I had even Happy Gilmore in there as 11 because I was like, it could easily go in the comedy bracket. Right. But it's a sport. And but is it really? I, think I mean, you it know, so leans more. I think it leans more towards the golf section, actually. Yeah, you know, which yeah. is funny because it, it is a comedy. But what is the story? It's a golfer that was a hockey player, and it's a double entendre there. You know, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> and, and Caddyshack and too, though. Same thing. Caddyshack to too. Get the Tin Cup in there. Yeah, Caddyshack. Same thing. I thought Tin Cup is a pretty good movie, but you can't have three golf movies in there. And of course, Sean Sean needed to have. Uh, Days, Days of, Thunder. of Thunder in there, so <laughs> <laughs> that's the one that I yeah I, I'm not I'm not necessarily following you on that one. Yeah, but, I'm uh, definitely so in that the was, minority that was on one, that. That was a mandatory one came coming from Sean, and I told them that I could have put Talladega Nights up against that, and Talladega Nights would have beat Days of Thunder. It's probably possible, but still a great movie. All right, let's go. Let's go on um, with yesterday's result or today's results from yesterday's bracket. Um, okay. Eight seed Braveheart versus nine seed seven. I mean, this is can't this, believe Braveheart's only an eight seed. You're killing me, bro. Braveheart wins though. I got I I picked Braveheart. Tyler, what was the percentage on that? Was that a bloodbath? It was pretty bad. Seventy-one to twenty-nine. <laughs> yeah, that's a bloodbath. Yeah, <laughs> looks like <laughs> looks like William Wallace ran through. <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously, yeah. No, Bra- Braveheart's the way to go. Yeah, Joe obviously went Braveheart. Um, let's see, five seed Silence of the Lambs and twelve seed Six Sense. I went, tw- I went Silence of the Lambs. That was another bloodbath, seventy-one to twenty-nine. Same exact results. I went Six Sense. Did you really? Yeah. It's a cannibal, man. Hannibal the cannibal. I see dead people. That's creepy. <laughs> Tyler. So Tyler's we're down never to, seen uh, where are we at? Six cents versus uh, silence. <laughs> Let me see where I, where I voted here. I think I want silence on this one. I like silence. I do too. I mean, it's okay. They, they got, they started to get a little, you know, too much, but hey, where's bad boys in this nineties bracket. Anyway, we already oh. talked about, we already talked about oh. bad boys yesterday. Huge omission. <laughs> we talked about this yesterday. Oh, you know sorry, Tyler funny. wasn't here yesterday. My you, bad. You know what? You know what's funny is that um, I think about this as being like, what's the two thousands bracket? Because like that to me is like my like nineties version of true, this. True, true. So bu- then I think yeah. about like bad bad boys two to me. That's. Bad Boys 2, I think, is probably number four on my all-time list as far as yeah. as, as far as a movie goes. So yeah, we yeah, I like it better than bad, I like I like it better than Bad Boys, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a '90s movie, I don't believe. And we learned a lot from this. Yeah, I think 
I think Bad Boys Two was O two. Let me just see. Yeah, uh, the original Bad Boys is ninety five. Yeah. Bad Boys Two was, and then I mean, oh, and then you know, Titanic. I'm not saying Titanic is like my favorite, you know, movie, but I mean, Titanic that's was that won so many. I mean, come on. So what? Just it won it awards. If you're gonna throw out ET, just throw out a Titanic. Come on, yeah, really? ET is a wild move. I don't think that anybody in my generation even knows what that movie is. <laughs> oh come on, dude. I hated E.T. I'm not going to lie. E.T. made me feel uncomfortable the entire plot line. I didn't yep. like it at all. I think that movie is a zero. Zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. If any critic even liked that movie, shame on them. We're not Plus, even, we're not even two. Yeah, Drew Barrymore. You guys. You guys. That, that, we're not even discussing that right now. It's not even, you're not even in the right bracket right now. Oh, okay. Sorry. My bad. Four seed Private Ryan. <laughs> Four seed Private Ryan versus 13 seed Green Mile. Bo- Look, both of these are really too good easy. movies. It was too easy. I picked Private Ryan too, and but I thought the Green Mile was a good movie. The problem with the Green Mile is it's so long. But this is Tom Hanks versus Tom Hanks. So anyway, who'd you pick, Joe? Who'd you pick, Obviously. Tyler? <laughs> I mean, I've never seen Green Mile. Shocker, um, but. Saving. I mean, come on. <laughs> Don't waste the three and a half hours. <laughs> it's not terrible. It's long, though. It's no, long. it's good, but it's long. It's really long. Uh, six seed Shawshank Redemption, 11 seed Schindler's List. Shawshank Redemption killed him. This is the biggest yeah. bloodbath on the bracket on this side of the bracket. As it should be. This uh, Shawshank Redemption is a one seed, <laughs> and I've seen both of these movies, and they're both good movies. Shawshank, Sean, I want you to do me a favor right now. Okay. Anything you for you, computer? Tyler. Anything for you. Yeah. Okay. Go to IMDb. Oh, boy. All right. Do you we- know how to spell that, Sean? Uh, L. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, hold on. We're going to go to top-rated movies underneath the... Uh, if you go to the menu page and you yeah, click it. Yeah, top-rated movies, yeah. Top-rated movies. I want you to see what's number one oh, on that list. True that. Yeah, The Godfather. It's another one we missed. Uh, when I, when you, I, you didn't when, put The Dark Knight in there, but you put Batman in 1989. The number one movie of all time on IMDb is Shawshank. Can you put it as a six <sighs> seed? Are you kidding me? All right, Are you so, kidding me? So when I texted you the other day and I said, Hey, Tyler, do you want to come on the show and trash our, and trash our bracket? Ha, 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 ha. That was a joke. <laughs> That was just. That no, was just it was a joke because you were only trashing <laughs> my bracket. As long as you were only trashing my bracket, then everything was fine. Tyler. It was a whole lot more you know, fun trashing Joe's side of the bracket than my oh, side. Oh yeah, and like <laughs> yeah, I said last night, more personal when it's your end of the bracket, huh? Yeah, and and then you know, suspiciously, the first two regions uh, shown and voted on were mine, right? Yeah, okay. So crazy. Works. Well, here's a good one. I think everybody can can agree on Goodfellas over Fight Club, right? Three seed Goodfellas. <sighs> I think I think both of those are seated correctly. Got to come on. Fight Club, not that great of a movie, man. What? Just okay, dude. Just okay. And the and the polls showed it. Just okay. Well, I how did, well. Let me ask you. How did the poll actually turn out? Seventy three to twenty seven on Twitter. 
Goodfellas? Yeah. I don't think I didn't see it beating Goodfellas, but I thought it could have been a better rank to have maybe a better chance against another movie. Yeah, I a full mm. disclosure. Goodfellas was one movie I hadn't watched until a week ago, so I watched it literally last week, and uh, it's on Netflix, and I've seen Fight Club like you know four or five times. Um, I I'm a product of the Fight Club era, so I voted for fight club because i just saw uh goodfellas last week i don't really get goodfellas i mean like what? i feel like that that movie's been done like a hundred more times a hundred better ways since it's been out i mean that's I a mean, good maybe, point it, maybe it was the first of its kind but like literally the irishman was a better version of the same movie uh the irishman was very good another long movie, i like though. the irishman because right? it's the same cast it's the well, same director it's literally goodfellas part two yeah, it's just a different story. Did you see The Irishman, Joe? No. It's oh, another three and a half hours. Yeah, it's really good, though. It's I, liked, watch it. I liked it a lot, actually. I thought it was, um, you know, and I think that's what was tough, because The Irishman, I think, was part two of Goodfellas, but it was just like, to me, I watched them out of order. So I watched part two before part one, kind of a Bad Boys 2, Bad Boys 1 type of situation, where the sequel is better than the, the first one. In my eyes. So yeah, which is rare because I just watched Jumanji 2 and it was nowhere near as good as Jum- Jumanji 1. I'm talking about the, both the remakes, not the original Robin Williams mm. one, but the one with The Rock. Jumanji 2, yeah. Jumanji 2 not that good, guys. Like I don't have to uh, <laughs> yeah, suspend disbelief on that one. Um, number seven. Well, here's – I don't know. Maybe this is right up Tyler's alley. Maybe this brings back some memories for you. Uh, seven seed Lion King, ten seed Toy Story. Toy Story took it through social media. Um, I voted Lion King though. Gotta be honest with you. So I, I thought I think Lion King's great. The remake is just as good, but you know, obviously, just it's the exact same thing, but with better visuals. So, Tyler, was this a movie you watched? Your kid, your parents put on for you when you were you know five? So, yeah, oh yeah. Both, both were actually Toy Story was the first movie I went to go see in theaters. Apparently, um, I actually uh, vacated my seat as a youth and went up to the screen to go literally go be a part of it because I didn't get that it was a movie and that I couldn't actually go be a part of. You were trying to get what in was it. going on in the yeah. I was literally trying to go be a part of it. So um, I've seen both about a thousand times, but I think that at the the core of it, I think Toy Story is just a better movie. Ditto. Okay. Like, well, I don't think one. both are far off. I think this is actually probably the, the closest matchup that we've had so far. Like, I think that this is, you know, both teams are like exactly the same. One thing that did it was coaching. And in this matter, it's directing or <laughs> no. screenwriting. I don't know. Well, and I think this was one of the first like type of like Pixar type movies, right? Yeah, with that type like, of I'm, animation. I'm, with that type of animation versus right so i think right. that right. might have had something to do with it as well i believe that was the reason why I, I actually saw it in theaters too i mean i think i was like what year was that oh i think Joe, that was about 98 99 i think it was 13 12 went and saw it with my brothers and my family and stuff i remember seeing it in the theaters too and it was all 95. the hype was the new animation 95 okay i was 12 wow so I was one and a half. 
My word. No wonder you were up there trying to get in. <laughs> I thought it was closer to like, you know, when I was in kindergarten, but no. Sheesh. All right, here's one I totally got wrong, though. I really did. And I underestimated Jurassic Park as a 15 seed, I'll admit it, versus two seed Pulp Fiction. Uh, Pulp Fiction barely squeaked by on social media. Well, by eight, 86 to 78, which is close, too close for a two and a 15. But uh, Jurassic Park almost pulled it off. I don't think Jurassic Park's good at all. I don't either. So, I, I, I think don't Pulp either. Fiction ran away with this thing, but I don't know. <laughs> I know, right? Because Pulp Fiction on your IMBD, I, IMDB, IMDB yeah. yeah, yeah, is uh, eight. <laughs> Jurassic I knew you Park's, didn't know how to spell it. <laughs> Jurassic Park is nowhere close. It's <laughs> no, not a good movie. I don't know how that, but you know what? You know what's weird? Is that some people actually like it's a cult following type of movie, and I didn't know that. Like I, I didn't, didn't know that, that it had that much play. Yeah, I didn't but it either. apparently does. Yeah, which is just Jurassic strange. Park. Jurassic Park was a big deal when it came out. It was, and that's the thing is that maybe we're underestimating the release date. I don't. I don't really know how that goes. I mean, my thing was the problem with Jurassic Park for me was that they kept making movies. <laughs> In my opinion, because oh, you don't, I mean, I sometimes yeah, you need I to just you. stop. I mean, money, money, whatever. But I mean, I just saw the latest one uh, a couple weeks ago. Was okay, but at the end of the day, I mean, you're gonna come across Pulp Fiction. You think that you're gonna survive? Oh no chance. God, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, real quick, the uh, the only side that we got finished, we might as well go over it super quick here. Uh, remember, the Titans is going against Varsity Blues. Waterboy against Space Jam. Happy Gilmore against the Sandlot. Caddyshack versus Rocky Four. Oh, we don't have anything totally complete yet. But on the other side in the comedy region, got Christmas Vacation against um, Wedding Crashers, Groundhog Day versus Dodgeball, Tropic Thunder versus Hangover, which I still got to see, and Tommy Boy versus Anchorman. And if this thing has taught me anything is that the some of the movies on here that I haven't seen, I need to go see. Which ones haven't you seen in that? I haven't uh, seen Tropic Thunder. Region? I haven't seen Tropic <laughs> Thunder. That's a good one. Is it? Yeah. Have you seen Hangover? Yeah, oh yeah, I love Hangover. Sure, the the first one. Seen yeah, Anchorman, Tommy Boy. Yeah, but uh, you have Dodgeball. Seen Do- Dodgeball, I have seen, man, but I don't remember. It. It's a long time. That was that's an older movie. How, it is. You old, need to watch Dodgeball, and you need Dodgeball's 04, But I will tell you this: it stands the test of time. That's one of the only movies I've ever seen stand the test of time. I've Christmas never Vacation seen a movie. Is the only classic movie. What Dodgeball did. Dodgeball literally made Ben Stiller into a character that supersedes every other character he's ever played in his life. I've never seen cinematic genius like I've seen Ben Stiller play White Goodman in Dodgeball. And I I don't mean to under or oversell that because I think some people would come in and trumpet for Ben Stiller harder than I'm doing right now. So I'm just saying. And and honestly, in the back and forth, the back and forth with Vince Vaughn, was just unbelievable. It's, it's it's hilarious. I mean that that made that whole movie, and it's funny too because there's a movie really. It's in the '90s called Heavyweights. I don't know if you ever seen it. The whole movie is about a fat camp, and that was like one of the first <laughs> movies like, I yeah, saw. Yeah. Ben Stiller. That was like like it's the same iteration. Of ben Goodman. Stiller. Yes, this is the is. same iteration. Yep. And what yep. is Heavyweights so good about? It's about making sure Ben Stiller is the superstar. Yeah. It that is was, that un- was what made that movie, and then it was it was like Dodgeball was like Dwight Goodman on steroids, basically from that movie. Un- 
hundred percent. hundred percent. Whoever watched Heavyweights and then made Dodgeball, I love you. I don't know who you are, <laughs> but I want to tell you that I love you because they were – They're li- probably listening. They probably are. God willing. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I will tell you this. I love Dodgeball. It's, it's something I think that hit me at the right place at the right time. As far as uh, being on the playground, maybe in sixth, seventh grade when that thing came out, or when it when it you know breached my eyes, and I was just like, you know what, this is awesome. This is what every junior hire wants to do: is go play in a dodgeball tournament and win, and you know get the girl and, and all that stuff. And I thought it was hilarious, and I thought it was a perfect timepiece, you know, for what it was, uh, at least in my life. Well, it's kind of the same thing when uh, Superbad came out. Like Superbad was the thing that like hit me at the right place at the right time and it was I was literally like a freshman in high school trying to find my way and it was the same exact thing that happened and I was like, you know what? Like I could not have laughed harder at a movie in my life than Superbad just because like it was as if uh you know, the characters on screen were like reading what my dialogue was in real life. Yeah. That was like my varsity blues. Like I was a freshman sophomore, and then this Varsity Blues comes out, and I was, you know, I'm like, okay. But like, the Super Bad, it had some things where it was just because I was a little bit older, you know, when I first, right. when it came that out. That doesn't really I'm like, yeah, you really know what I mean. Was that with Mick Lovin? I mean, was even with Dodgeball? Yes, the Mick Lovin one. Yeah. yeah. Even with Dodgeball too, Jason Bateman, very underrated. Love that dude. Yeah, Jason Bateman he played, is. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I tried to tell Sean that Bad Words is pretty funny. He hasn't seen it yet. I'm trying to get him to watch it. But oh, I'm you know what's watching. funny about the McLovin thing? Real quick, Sean. What? Is that um, when, like the first month I was at Q's, my next door neighbor in my apartment goes, hey, you're not going to fake ID connect. And I was like, yeah, you know, no problem. Let's do it. And then me and my roommate, like, a couple other people like got, all got fake IDs. And um, so the first time, and then we got them in from China, literally from China. Mine was from South Carolina. What? I think that's kind of why I still want to move to South Carolina so I can like compare my real driver's license to my fake South Carolina's <laughs> license. And I go to use my fake ID at Skytop Liquor on, uh, you know, right at the end of Colvin there, or Comstock or whatever it is. And, um, and then he goes, oh, yeah, no problem. Let me just see your ID. And uh, the guy behind me was Trevor Cooney, and he was about to check out. And I kind of look back just to like look back and just kind of give like an exhale of like, hey, if this doesn't work, you have to be there for me. And just so happened to be Trevor Cooney. And I look back and I kind of gave him the look like, hey, man, are you going to be here for me? Like if this thing goes bad <laughs> on this fake ID, and he kind of gives me the look back of being like, I mean, my whatever i got going on isn't really you know the best but uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens and the guy looks at both of us and goes uh you guys um i know you guys both play sports and every time you guys play i always like watching and he, he gave us both our, our our drinks so we went on our merry way and then ironically today i saw the gonzaga highlight of trevor cooney ripping off the no, ball so that gonzaga too. And I was, it brought me back to that time of like the first time I met Trevor Cooney and one of my really good friends that I have from Syracuse was uh, when we went to go purchase alcohol legally. And uh, so uh, that, was, that was a trip down memory lane today. And I was like, wow, that's, that's crazy. Did he give you an autographed picture of himself when he first met you? No, actually, uh, we went out that night and uh, we had a really good time. And then, um, you know, we remained friends to this day. Really? That's cool. Nice. 
I did not know that. Yeah. You never told me that. Yeah. No, he's actually a really good friend of mine. Um, I really enjoyed my time spending with him. Had a had a couple good days together. Um, he was and, he was yeah, a fan favorite for a while. He was my my oldest son's favorite player in well in during his time at Syracuse, and he got oh, to, yeah, he, he got yeah he, he got he to go awesome. he got to go down on the court. And, white do what? Forty inch vertical as a white guy, hard to beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he was hot, he was hot. But when he was not, he was not. Well, I told him as uh, I took my trip during the Final Four when uh, we played Michigan, and um, and I told him I, I I was like, hey man, you know, um, on my visit, a lot of people give you shit, and I want you to know that you know there's a lot of people that don't believe in you, because I knew that like I could kind of get under his. I don't know how I know this stuff, but like I looked at him, I was like, hey, you know, you can be a lot better. Like I want you to be a lot better. And then like from that day forward, not that I'm taking responsibility, but like he got a lot better from his freshman year, you know, kind of right away. So hopefully I kind of you know lit a fire under his ass because uh, you know, I, I again you know I'm his friend but you know I I I really was a uh, a big big Syracuse basketball fan and uh, I remain to this day. So well that's cool. I never knew that story, so that's kind of neat. Joe, you never heard that, did you? No, of course you didn't. No, I didn't. Um, well, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> well, all right, Tyler. <laughs> We appreciate you coming on, man. Don't be a stranger. Are you gonna be? Are you gonna make yourself available for us? I know you're gonna be busy, but um, if we ever get rid of this, uh, you know, these sports restrictions, uh, and we got spring ball starting up, and we start doing some, some, uh, um, you know, some Syracuse preseason football stuff, you gonna join us or what? Yeah, absolutely. I, okay. I'll kind of wet your beak real quick on uh, on Syracuse football. So I'm just going to show you a little bit about how much I'm invested in the Syracuse football program. I think a lot of people may not know that um, whether or not I'm coaching a let's just say for whatever, I would never take the University of Pittsburgh job just out of spite to them. I would spurn them. But let's just say I was coaching at uh, UPIT. I'd still want to talk a little bit of Syracuse football. So I've been on the train that this year, unfortunately, as crazy as this is, this kind of seems like the biggest year in recent memory as far as Syracuse football goes. And it sucks that it comes at the cost of like this whole virus thing. We get no spring ball because Coach Babers is the guy that we've invested in. We've invested in his program. We've doubled down with giving him an extension. And when you realize that all the things that are kind of stacked up against Coach Babers, it's kind of no wonder why he changed the staff over. Um, you know, in order for him to guarantee, he even took a head coach out of the conference that we were working with um, at HBU, the Southland Conference um, at McNeese State, which was a very good program. So I want to give people the credit of thinking that the new offensive coordinator that we got from McNeese State, Gilbert, um, he is actually a pretty high IQ guy and a high offensive IQ guy. And he was with coach, I think, at Bowling Green or at Eastern Illinois. So there is familiarity there. Um, but Coach Babers has kind of went back and said, hey, look, all the chips are on the table for this year. I'm going back to my old staff, and if we don't win, you can start asking questions. But he's kind of laid it all out in the line. You know, he's changed his defense. He's changed a little bit of the offense. He's went to, you know, starting freshman last year on the offensive line. Um, some of the old familiars are out of here. This is his time. What do you guys kind of feel with this this year? Uh, I don't have warm fuzzies about it, to be honest with you. Neither. 
<laughs> kind of a all pressure on type of year. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah. and again, we we brought that up the other day and we had talked about it and we, you know, Sean asked the question and he was like, well, maybe we should have waited for Tyler to talk about it. But um, I mean, Sean, do you want to ask or go ahead? Do you remember? Go ahead. I don't remember. Remember, well, when you it? brought up oh, the fact oh, of the oh, fact oh, that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Corona- uh, yeah, it, you know, with them be- having to cancel spring ball and everything like that, with a program like Syracuse coming off of kind of a disappointing season and you had, you know, your freaking star quarterback was on and off hurt the entire year and you don't, you got a couple of these new players coming in and, and, and you've got this spring, the spring camp for them is very important as it is for every team. But with Syracuse especially, it seems like them losing this time is there? I feel like they are already gonna be behind, and them losing this this spring training stuff or the spring camp stuff is just gonna be that much worse uh, to compared to for some of the other teams. Sure. So I'm not exactly sure offhand like how many ACC programs turned over coaching staffs. Um, I know FSU did. Um, Clemson's never going to have to for as long as they want to. Um, you know, some of the familiars, NC State, uh, Pitt didn't. So I'm just seeing, you know, as the list goes on, I see fewer and fewer teams, uh, you know, UNC, Duke's never going to turn over their coaching staff. Uh, you know, so the more I go down this, you know, Georgia Tech's another year, uh, another year older, another year is wiser. Uh, Miami, same coaching staff. So, but they, they did. Um, change their assistance. So, you know, maybe there's one school that's kind of close to us in that regard. But how do you, the, I guess, rhetorical question that I'm coming back to is how do you make your incumbent players better without playing games? Spring and fall camp. How do you make freshmen better? Just introduce them to college. That's it. They'll raise their game by association of seeing how the college game is played like with me when I understood the speed in which the college game was played I realized that my best play in high school has to be every play in D1 so then I had to turn my motor up a gear okay so that's fine whatever you know if you're good enough you can kind of make that switch and then you'll get in better shape and yada 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 or whatever mental gymnastics you want to do to justify that but in order to make your incumbent players better, the guys that are going from juniors to seniors, sophomore to juniors, how do you make those guys better? You got to spend time with them. You got to nurture them. You got to show them the mistakes that they made on film and prove it to them on why your scheme makes more sense than what they're believing in their head. And without spring ball, that's a detriment to every program across America. The ones that it's not really a big problem for are Clemson because they have everybody that they need coming back. And then um, Ohio State. Same thing. They got everything that, that they need coming back. Alabama, maybe a little bit, but they're still going through quarterback turnover. LSU's going through quarterback turnover. I mean, even the teams that are in the college football playoff need spring ball. There's only a couple teams in the country that don't. So I think that um, maybe if you were to guess, like, hey, you know, how does this help our division a little bit? Is that FSU also doesn't get spring ball? But really, other than that, it's like the entire rest of this, the schedule. Um, so, BC is another one. So you it's think, like, okay, well, you know, you think it levels the playing know, field then? Coaching change. You think it's you think I'm it's equal across the board? Playing field, yeah. Really? Okay, uh, I do. All right. Well, but because it's only because how many players know exactly what their coaches want them to improve on without asking their coach? I'd say about five percent. The guys that are going to play in the NFL, right? <laughs> Yeah, and we had talked about it, and my my answer was basically that everybody, every team, usually needs spring practice. Every once in a while, you get those teams that overachieve. Some of the players think that they're, you know, that 
they don't have to work on too much going into the next year, but I'm sure coaches kind of rein them in. But when you change both offensive coordinators and you're changing a whole scheme and a whole as far as defense goes, then that's a little bit more than just a, a nurture. That's a they have to learn their new duties on the field, right? The right, their new nature. Right, exactly. So, yes, I mean, it is nurturing them in, in, in that, but also it's learning a whole new technique. And sometimes if you're using this, if you're running the same scheme, it's basically like, hey, you just got to change your technique. Like, you're right there. You know what you need to do. You just got to change a couple things here and there, and then you can kind of massage that into making them a better player. Right. And you're changing a, a whole 4-3 to a 3-3-5 where you're talking about terminology, positions, yeah. everything is changing. That's tough to not be on the field. So not saying that every like that nobody needs spring practice. I mean, every, spring practice helps everybody. But when you're making going through those changes, that definitely does not make anything easier. All they got is a playbook, right? At this point, yeah, yeah. that's the yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, and I mean, but to be honest, is like that's how you kind of find out like who your actual guys are. Like Marquise Lee, when he went from Sarah High School to USC, he started as a true freshman and was a breakout yep. guy. I mean, he was an All American. And the reason why, and I played against him in high school, and he wasn't that good. Like, he wasn't, you know, the guy that was going to be an All-American three years in a row for USC and then make it to the NFL as a, you know, a very, very high. I think he was 33rd overall, so the first pick in the second round. He went to USC, and he stuck his nose in the playbook and didn't stop until he memorized every single play and could tell it to you backwards and forwards. Those are the guys that are going to be your difference makers. I don't know how many guys we have at Syracuse right now that are going to be those type of guys. I want to be proven wrong, and that's what I uh-huh. keep trusting Coach Babers for. And I think that we're starting to recruit those guys that have the you know the IQ but need to be brought along a little bit further physically. So hopefully oh, – yeah. Fall camp will be the time where we can kind of groom the physical aspect, but hopefully I trust in coach Babers to have the IQ side down so that he can go, you know, just send out the plays on the iPad and say, Hey, if you don't have this memorized, just forget it. You know, and I hopefully that he can put that hammer down. Right. Because I think that he has that program. Well, and fall camp's a completely different story, right? I mean, I think, I mean, I've done, I've done about three quarters of a fall. No, (laughs) you're you're coming as an incoming freshman. They hand you the playbook and they start right up. They go. Yeah. They have there, guys from before. On you. They nope, don't want you. To you have this. Yeah. Nope. You have this playbook and it's up to you to figure it out or you're just going to be standing on the sidelines because they're they're going. They're getting ready for the season. And it's very, very um, fast grueling. and intense. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's it's overwhelming, really, is what yeah. it is. But so it's it's. Yeah, well, it definitely slows down. But again, you got to be ready for that kind of stuff. And sometimes, you know, that speed sometimes slows because there's high school programs, depending on where you come from, that are comparable, more comparable to college programs versus not. Right. So where I was coming from in a high school in Syracuse, not very comparable. You know, I go down to Division two Western, some Division two school in West Virginia where players are coming from all over the place. And these guys had high schools that were way more closer to college programs than me. And and that stuff was overwhelming, man, for sure. Right. And that's where you hope like a McKinley Williams or like a Josh Black that have been on the D line already, that they don't need too much, you know, it's like, hey, you know, I know that you lined up in a in a three last year. Just go one shade over and then, you know, do the same assignment. Like that's easy stuff that you can kinda of, you know, and that's where it's like, okay, you know, it's it's gonna be a little bit more patched together. The linebackers again are the ones that are turning over and it's like uh, you know, and those are the mm, skills again. That's like we'll see. You know, I think that um 
But, you know, if they get it year one, then it's like, now we're setting a new floor. Now it's like, okay, well, now we're here, and then we have to you know, start building into that top tier. So it's it kind of comes with the two-sided thing. It's like, okay, either we're going to suck or we're going to be great. You know, I don't know. There's really no middle ground anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully our plans have the motivation, or sorry, our players have the motivation to get in the playbook and say, hey, we're going to do it ourselves. Coronavirus is here. We don't got spring practice, but uh, I don't think they want to have another five. Right. You know, I don't think they do that. I think they got enough. I think it got enough returners to kind of, you know, push this thing into overgear. We'll see. Um, I was really, really fortunate to have uh, Marquis Sproul and Cam Lynch, Jay Bromley, all three guys that played in the NFL to kind of guide me through my time in the offseason. That was not even close to a coronavirus type of uh, offseason. So, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't really like, again, I had three NFLers tell me what to do. I don't know what's going to happen this year, but I know that a guy like Cisco, a guy like Trill Williams, um, you know, among others, are going to have an idea of what is going to be trying to be done because, you know, it doesn't get limited. Um, is FaceTime with coaches, playbook analysis True. with coaches, you know, so it's like that doesn't have to go anywhere. That can still be done. Um, you know, we were doing a little bit of that at HBU anyway. So um, I think it's possible. But again, I'm not trying to take too much of your time because I like football. I'll keep talking all day, but I'm just excited. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a good time to be alive. Yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully we uh, can, you know, um, start seeing sports again. That's the tough part for me, to be honest with you. I think it's a tough part for everybody. The just one the, year the Lakers were good. The one year the Lakers were good, they had to take them away from me. Nah, well, you got the NBA. You got the NBA. Sean's got NASCAR. I got just... all sports all day. I got all sports all together that I'm just upset about. and I was yeah. pretty upset about Syracuse lacrosse, obviously basketball. I mean, we don't, you yeah. know, you know uh, obviously basketball. But um, the Syracuse lacrosse team was going to be something to hang your hat on this year, I feel like, and they got well, They won the national title, right? I mean, they finished number one. Yeah. <laughs> Did we get the trophy this year? <laughs> yeah, right. That's what we said. I mean, so I said I last when night. I saw that post, I was like, I think we won. Like, I think we actually won the top. This is awesome. Yep. <laughs> Frozen in time. So until Champions. until we go back, uh, Joe and I are going to try to throw out the podcast, whether they be you know twenty minutes or really freaking long like this one. <laughs> Sorry, it's been. Hey, it does not. Tyler can see her, and we'll. I know. We'll talk football forever. I know. know. You wait for your NASCAR it, and your summer. Hey, yeah, I know. it is all good. I enjoy listening to it. I'm sure everybody else does too. I think I, I think I, think I saw you fall asleep. <laughs> that is not true. I listened. I listened and learned. So um, I think that there's a couple rollovers from the trademark podcast that might, you know, stay the entire length of time. I don't know though. Who knows? I don't know. Well, your shows, some a lot of your shows are evergreen. Some are. Some, some are, are, but I mean, some aren't. But a lot of them are. A lot of them are basic, not stuck in time type things. Not basic, I, but it's like I really tried season two. I really tried to make that happen because I realized like there's a difference between like going day to day news and then like only having it being relevant like that day to being like, oh wait, actually, if Justin Barron is a commit and he's going to be a senior in high school today, that means he's a senior in college potentially five years from now. That could still be like relevant from like every year. Yeah. So that that helped. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and that's kind of common sense that as you get a little bit older, a little wiser, it helps. I don't know. Who knows? I but mean, if you, I, uh, if you, uh, you know, do you still have an account to load, upload to? 
Not really. No. Okay. Would, I'd have to. I'd have to go back and open up the wallet and start doing that. Right. Well, so. but here's my. Here's. I mean, I've already. We've already kind of talked about this. But if obviously, if you have time and you wanted to get down and do something, all you got to do is send me the file. I'll throw it okay. up on our platform. You know that. I just don't know where I'd even go. I think the only thing I could possibly do is just uh, talk to you guys, but have it be something that I. I don't know. You know. I don't. I. I feel so like distant from that world now. It feels good to be back on the air with you guys. Well, good. Good. You know yes. you're welcome back anytime. Look, we're going to have you back, obviously, once everything gets settled. It was great having you again. Thanks for coming on, bro. We appreciate it. Um, keep voting on the on the movie Madness, okay? Maybe there's something. I if voted it's, on every single one so far. Okay. Well, we appreciate it. And if it, if it does okay, yes. maybe there's another one coming. Who knows? There's another one coming. So uh, one question real quick. One question real quick, though, because I had this at the beginning of my notes. But what is your all-time favorite movie right now? I know sometimes it changes, but right now, if you had to pick one, what would it be? I think it's still Shawshank. I still have really? that kind of number one overall. Okay. Yeah, I think it is. Um, because <laughs> I'll put it this way. After I watched that movie from start to finish, with no interruptions, I said, that's number one overall. I don't care what anybody else says. And I haven't felt that way about a movie since. Okay. So I Fair think enough. that kind of makes it feel that way. There's a lot of movies. God, there's a lot. of. I, I don't want to upset you guys when I say this. There's a lot of good movies out there. I know. No, we missed some for sure. I saw a couple earlier when you had that IMDb thing come up. I saw The Departed. I'm like, oh, The Departed. That's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you could do that all day, so, though, Joe. We can't beat ourselves about it. It's out yeah. there. Yeah, it, yeah, is, yeah. it is what it is. We haven't had too many complaints about missing movies, so I'll take it. People are I, just. I think you, like I said, I think the bracket was solid overall. I just think the seating was a little bit like kind of thrown together. Yeah, Joe. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I agree, Tyler. Nate and Joe. Uh, all, right. It. all right. Look, that that's right. that's it. We love you, Tyler. Thanks for coming back on. You know you're welcome anytime. Uh, thank you, Simply Safe. Thank you, LinkedIn. Thank you to everybody who's um, actually, if you're still listening right now. You are a super fan. You are a Cuse Militia <laughs> super fan. We appreciate you. For James on guitar, I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Cuse Militia podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe.